0: Greetings, grapple fans, and welcome to the second part of our little Match of the Week couplet, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, and your Let Me Tell You Something co-host Simon Cross discuss a match that we've picked Taking it in turns along the way. And for this pairing, we've gone for a particular theme. And that theme being times where we've heard the theme music for wrestlers' entrances live. Because we were there when it happened. we discussing our favourite ever live matches to watch. I, Lorca Mullen, last week put forward the Ring of Honor show in Liverpool in 2007, March 3rd. Between the Briscoe Brothers and the Dragon Gate pair of Shingo and Naruki Doi. And now, it is Simon's turn. So, Simon, what match and what event are we talking about today?
1: We are nine years into the future from your match date. We are on the 1st of April 2016. We are at NXT TakeOver Dallas, and we are talking about Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Sami Zayn.
0: Sami Zayn against Shinsuke Nakamura is your favourite match of all time? That I've seen live. Is this... Two WrestleManias you've seen live, or just the one? Just the one. Okay, it's another friend of mine that's seen two. So this is WrestleMania 32 time, right? Yes. This was the show that where like at least a good half dozen of the major talent was injured, and the main event was Triple H versus Roman Reigns, but it's still billed as... Bigger than even WrestleMania 3 as far as attendance goes. Mm, mm. So it really is a sign that it is not the matches anymore that are drawing people in. It's the overall brand, I suppose. And this was at a time when NXT was as strong as the brand it had ever been. Yeah. So was there any part of you going into this, I'm curious, that was more excited about this NXT match than
1: you were the WrestleManias? To answer that question, I've got to take you sort of back. Diddly-doo,
0: diddly-doo, diddly-doo
1: to obviously we get the packages secured which was a stressful day in of itself because i wasn't on ticket buying duty i'd bank transferred my money across to my friend dan
0: always the first mistake <laughs> can't tell you how many a friendship i lost after a bank transfer was made
1: Nah, that D- dan dan and money are like you know he's great with money he obviously secured the tickets whilst i was at work because i kept like ringing it oh I, I remember the relief when he rang me and said it had gone through. And it's like, cool, I'm going to WrestleMania. This is literally hashtag life goals. I didn't say hashtag life goals, but it's on my dream board of like things to do. It's my bucket list. And then the WWE period from, let's say, SummerSlam 2015 forward. The injuries list started to make it look like the last days of the SOM. Felt like they were conspiring against you. <laughs> they kept dropping like flies. And we're like, well. What are we gonna get? But when we went to see, coincidentally, NXT live in Sheffield, Triple H that day dropped the video that there would be a takeover WrestleMania weekend. So then we got really excited about like the possibility of see- going to a takeover. So it's a juxtaposition, really. Like we we got to a WrestleMania and it was a WrestleMania, but the card we knew the card wasn't a strong as we wanted it to be but we looked at this card and i'm watching nxt every week at this point and i was very excited for this card well most of this card i was like excited for i had my favorites but they didn't all win in this on this on this on this day
0: we went through quite an elaborate travel schedule for me as far as this is the opposite of going on a whim really this is a a long planned event. what were your plans going into going to dallas what did you want to do outside of wrestling what did you want to see because at this point wrestlemania is just it's the mecca in more ways than one of pro wrestling because not only is it the biggest annual event it's also the event that all the other promotions have started going to Mm. really for about the past Decade at that point, because obviously, like we say, we're talking about the Dragon Gate match that took place on the WrestleMania weekend in 2006. Yeah. So you will have like dozens of promotions putting on shows throughout there, and now WWE trying to get a piece of that pie themselves with the NXT show the the night before the WrestleMania show, and this is the first time that NXT they've done the the takeovers have nearly all been in Full Sail University, except for one in London at Wembley Arena. And also one at the Barclays Center, which was the first of the Brooklyn shows that goes with the SummerSlams. Yeah. But this was the first one to be attached to a WrestleMania and them starting to follow WWE around for the big events and doing it as a two-night
1: extravaganza. Although this was not the day before WrestleMania, this was two days before WrestleMania. The Hall of Fame was the interim period, which they've since flipped.
0: But it's part of that whole weekend of festivities, and I guess WWE not wanting anyone else to make any money where they could make the money.
1: (laughs) How dare you?
0: (laughs) You went to the Hall of Fame as well, didn't you? Yes,
1: so I bought the silver.
0: I can't imagine a more horrible event.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We dressed up for it. We were like, oh, well, we might be on camera. uh, And, you know, people are getting inducted. So we got it into our heads. Four of us got it into our heads. Two were really reluctant, but they went along with it. That we would dress nicely. So I actually wore a blazer and a, and a proper shirt to the a whole A blue affair. blazer? Not a blue blazer. Wow. Sadly. There is a lovely picture of me somewhere on social media drinking a yard of frozen margarita with a massive grin on my face in like a grey blazer and a pink shirt combo.
0: Is it actually a blazer though? Isn't a blazer one where you've got a pocket square with a badge on it? And otherwise it's a jacket?
1: Yeah, maybe, okay, yeah, suit jacket was probably, like, a better yeah. term for it. So, the silver package came with tickets to WrestleMania, tickets to the Raw after, tickets to TakeOver, and two WrestleMania access sessions. We did all that. I didn't do any non-WWE stuff, which is a regret, looking back. And if I was ever to go to a WrestleMania weekend again, I would mix it up more. The other, only other thing I did is... Tick something off of my bucket list, which I I had in mind anyway. And it ha- and look, I looked out of the WrestleMania we're going to being in Dallas. Is I went to the uh, Texas Book Depository for the JFK uh, Museum.
0: And did you do the classic, there's no way he did it.
1: <laughs> do you know what? Before I went, I was like, he pro- it's probably him. And I'd heard the rumors, but I never looked at it seriously. The moment I got to, because they box off the window where he did it, so you can't approach that bit. That bit's like behind plexiglass. But you look at the angle and I'm like, nah, (laughs) it weren't him. (laughs) The only, I didn't go to the grassy knoll, which I regret. But what some like unofficial tour guides have done is they've put X's on that stretch of road where each bullet hit Kennedy. What you'd get is you'd get people running out into the road, which is a main road. It's like, uh, because you're leaving to go onto the highway. It's like the edge of the city, like city centre. You get people running into the road to take the picture on the X. Wow.
0: And you think that the people who insist on walking across the zebra crossing on Abbey Road are dicks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this
0: is a whole new way of holding up traffic. Can you imagine anyone whose regular commute involves driving through Abbey Road? How much of an annoyance that must be. Did they
1: pedestrianise it in the end?
0: But I know that that zebra crossing isn't actually where the zebra crossing is. Mm. There is a zebra crossing on Abbey Road, but it's not where they walked
1: across. So, yeah, it, it is a really dickish thing to do. And I can't decide...
0: Whether you regret doing it yourself or not.
1: No, I, I, thank God I didn't do it. <laughs> so, I can't decide which was worse. The people doing that... Or in the condolence book that they have for uh, Kennedy in there, someone had written hashtag Boo Roman Reigns. Oh, my God. So, yeah. It makes makes Justin Bieber look not quite so bad. What I've done there is I've given you the evidence. You make your own decision. And please tell us which one you think is worse, actually, because I'm in two minds. Back to... I loved Sammy in NXT. He was one of my favourite characters at the time. I think I actually wore... I can't remember if I wore it to... Or did I buy it this weekend? But I wore the Underdog of the Underground green t-shirt, I think, in the crowd that night. So you're really amongst the...
0: Cream of the crop is definitely not the, the way to describe it. It's
1: weird. Um, I remember in my queue for my first access session, I saw a middle-aged woman wearing a sleeveless top and on her one of her arms was you know like when they say Wrestlemania and they have the writing and it's got like a unique backdrop like this one had the star yeah yeah, yeah. she had each one she'd attended tattooed on her arm it had the um, New York New Jersey one with the skyline shape it had I think it had the sun one that um, like WrestleMania twenty, one of the ones down in Florida. That's, there were at least five of them. I mean, each of their own.
0: But I wouldn't even get my mum's name tattooed on me, let alone <laughs> a WrestleMania event that I attended live. I just always wonder where they, where these people get the money from to afford these things.
1: The the awkward thing is, one of my friends who attended and listens to this did actually get a blue Dallas star tattooed on him after this, mainly because of the week it was. Because it was it was like. A great friendship group. It's the first time we'd been on a foreign holiday as a friendship group. And it was one of the best weeks of my uh, holidaying life. I did forget to mention the other non-wrestling non thing I did was go to a gun range in Texas and shot firearms.
0: You thought you were going to the library, but it turned out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was behind the grassy knoll.
0: <laughs> uh, so I kind of gave a breakdown quickly of, what the Ring of Honor fan base looked like. I forgot to mention this one obnoxious prick chanting, you're not necro to pack during his match against Roderick Strong, which made no sense whatsoever other than the the hair was a bit wild. And then eventually, everyone just, he just triggered a, shut the fuck up chant.
1: They look nothing alike. They wrestle nothing alike. I it didn't make any
0: (laughs) sense. He might as well have been chanting, pay attention to me. What? was your impression of the nxt fan base going in and were there any noticeable differences then when you go to wrestlemania or was it just essentially 10 times of that ten thousand? no it
1: was it was different i'm going to be jumping all over the place with this so nxt rabid as anything as you see in this match we're getting to see some absolutely world-class wrestling in my opinion one of my favorite tag team matches of all time is on this card uh, and opened, for Christ's sakes.
0: Was it just a five-match card then? Were there no matches before that hand that was on the next weekend? That was usually the how it was set up, wasn't it? The, the pre-show would then be the next week's
1: yeah, show. they did it differently. So they shot the pre-show at Access. Because we actually had seen Shinsuke twice that weekend. We saw him take on Ty Dillinger in a NXT match that was filmed can't remember if it was on the day. It must have been after. It was Saturday. They filmed it on the Saturday.
0: The NXT show in Dallas, Texas with Sami Zayn, Nakamura, American Alpha, uh, The Revival, and all that. That was literally just a five-match car. Yes. That must have been nice as well, especially after what we experienced for Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> you had the opposite of that. Oh, I think that's really one of the things people love about the NXT shows, those takeovers as well. Five matches, two hours, no messing. Very little show.
1: bump. Yeah. Occasionally, like, I don't even call it bump. Occasionally, there's a band. That's not really bump. But yeah, opens with American Alpha uh, taking on the Revival, now known as FTR. Then my piss break match, and most people's piss break match for this, sorry. Austin Aries taking on Baron Corbin. Then this was third. So this is the middle of the card Shinsuke versus Sammy, followed by Asuka versus Bailey, and then. Start
0: of the legendary title reign.
1: Yep. And then uh, Finn taking on uh, Samoa Joe in a match marred by complications, mainly the amount blood, of blood yeah. leaking out of Samoa Joe's face.
0: I forgot rewatching this match that Nakamura gets his
1: nose burr busted a bit. It adds legitimacy to, it. to the match as well. It's cla- it's it's not planned blood. You know, like how sometimes unplanned blood makes everything better, like the Becky one most recently as uh, a great example this is a great example of that it just shows how tough he is
0: because obviously what you were saying one of the things that you loved about us doing the five star matches was how it opened your eyes to a bigger world of wrestling so did shinsuke nakamura coming to nxt not mean that much to you at this point what is, can you recall your level of excitement going into this
1: To borrow a Tony Khan phrase that's been thrown around recently, Shinsuke was probably the forbidden door because I knew of his exploits and I knew of his um, notable match against AJ Styles, who had obviously recently joined as well. That rumble, in fact, actually, yeah. That was insane when we saw AJ's debut, knowing that, obviously, we're going to WrestleMania to see him. I didn't know a lot about Shinsuke. I hadn't seen a lot of him in the ring. Seeing him in the flesh, probably on a subliminal level, Maybe go, okay, if that's what Japanese wrestling is, I would probably like that. Obviously, I didn't nourish that until we started our five star match project, and now it's grown into a full fledged, yeah, J- Japanese wrestling's class in my eyes.
0: Do you prefer it to American wrestling at this point?
1: No, I love them equally. I'm going to give the I have more than one uh, child answer. I love them equally in very different ways. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, that,
0: that's classically known as the Ninete and
1: quandary. <laughs> no, that's which which person is the father. <laughs> I can make those jokes. They offer different things. Like Ray Phoenix entertains me in a different way to Jay White, who entertains me in a different way to MJF. Okay, put
0: it this way: you have to watch one wrestling show tomorrow. And next year, no, next year you get the choice of WrestleMania. Wrestle Kingdom, an AEW pay-per-view, or an NXT TakeOver. And you can only watch one of those four, and that's the only wrestling you get to watch that year. Which of
1: those four do you watch? I would probably pick AEW, just because I think there's a bit more variety on that.
0: Does something like this, this whole dream match scenario, this feels like another... I think a lot of what NXT was a lot of AEW was stolen, a lot of that thunder. I don't think there's another NXT match anytime soon that's going to level the amount of excitement there is and the sense of importance there is to this Sami Zayn versus Nakamura match. If you look at the NXT roster now, Nakamura was seen as the coolest most badass guy in wrestling i think at this point like i people were going i remember i sent a mate one of his wrestle kingdom entrances i didn't send him a match i just sent an entrance and he loved it and was showing it to his mates like that was what nakamura was seen as like the coolest guy in in new japan at the time and him coming to wwe was just a huge deal
1: it's the confidence he exudes like his charisma comes from him just being him Hearing that, because we heard the, fir- the theme for the first yeah. time, obviously, as well. I think as soon as
0: everyone heard it, everyone was like, this is a classic. It yeah. didn't take long for people to be singing. One NXT. of the
1: funny things about his Ty Dillinger match was the moment that theme dropped, because the ring, the NXT ring was in a corner of the Access Centre, the foot traffic, literally people in queue, sometimes people who were queued for like an hour to like get an autograph off a mid-carder, or a mid, a legend mid carder, they would literally like run away. It was always funny because it is. Um, they did wonder how you feel if you're like, I don't know, Kurt Hawkins
0: or someone that's. Well,
1: like... I felt awkward when I met Darren Young inside the Elimination Chamber because I didn't really want to meet Darren Young, I just wanted to go <laughs> inside the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> I remember a, a little joke amongst my friends at the time was I asked him are you going to reform the prim- primetime players? He's like, oh, no, nothing with Titus right now. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do? About two, three months later, he was doing that Coach Backlund stuff. Yeah. And yeah. my mates would go, look, you put him off now. You, <laughs> What you've done to his career, that's on you.
0: You know what you're just reminding me of now? You were saying how you didn't really want to talk to Darren Young, you just wanted to go into the chamber. Just reminding me of my maybe my very episode of The Simpsons when they opened the casino. And that Xbox is
1: Otto's greeter, and Otto oh, knocking him
0: out <laughs> to try and get away from him.
1: But yeah, you would see all these people. And another thing as well, it was a four hour access slot that you'd got. But the interview, the autographs were two hour sessions. So halfway through, you'd see, like, let's say Christian get swapped out for Summer Ray, and just the crew, the, oh, the queue, man. empty.
0: It feels <laughs> so bad for someone who has to see that that's why again another reason I wouldn't want to be in any way famous would be something like that you would occasionally get an ego knock like I remember seeing Chris Kamara at a book signing in Birmingham and there was no one there and I was like surely Chris Kamara can get people to sign his books but no I mean I wasn't gonna buy it but Oh, you know, I, just I bought to...
1: it and read it. Chris, come on, yeah. biography,
0: yeah. Maybe the the event had finished and he was just hanging around or something. But it was just like, you know, it's just that that such a such a
1: fragile ego moment that that I couldn't deal with it. Is it for some people? Some people, yes, but some people are probably just like, eh, it's a, it's a byproduct of what I do for my I job. I think
0: if you're going to book signings, you've got an ego. <laughs> or
1: your publicist is like, you've written it now. Come on, we got to get get you out and about.
0: Yeah, I mean if you're just like a guy who's like a huckster in a way Just trying to sell your wares Then I kind of don't feel as bad I remember there being a guy doing that And he's just kind of getting to buy their book And that's kind of like funny in a, in a way As long as they're nice about it And look I did not I did the Edinburgh Fringe I've stood there with a flyer trying to get people to take it from you And it, it, you are just going Do you want a piece of my soul? And then they say no And you're like oh no one wants my soul <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's possibly the saddest thing you've ever said. <laughs> no one wants my soul is the name to my second autobiography. <laughs> this one is self-published after being dropped by <laughs> everyone. Occasionally I'll say like one thing I w- that would be cool about being famous. And there's not a lot. One thing I would do if I was famous would be try to get to draw the names out for preferably the FA Cup. But I'll take the EFL Cup if I have to
1: oh yeah it...
0: that would be one moment that would be like it's worth everything else that comes with being famous if i could get to draw in a round of the fa cup preferably like the th- you want to do the third or the fourth round you don't want to be you don't want to be drawing the semi-final oh i feel
1: sorry <laughs> for those guys bless him. don't
0: even get the home away thing. yeah out of it. not
1: anymore oh dear but yes, sorry, we went well off track there. Back to Dallas.
0: What was the NXT fan like then in that place? Are they looking a lot like you? Oh, yeah. Your clothes? Oh, I,
1: yeah. I remember the anecdote I was going to tell as an example now before we got off topic. So NXT was pretty much people like us, our age range-ish, some older fans, a couple of kids. But it was wwe's version of indie wrestling pretty much in terms yeah. of well, that's that.
0: what nxt was essentially it was trying to turn itself into the super indie sort of like what ring of honor was in the early 2000s but with a budget
1: and you look at its roster at the time it was in its golden period the only yeah, yeah. difference it was on its way up still because they hadn't added andrade they hadn't added drew they hadn't added bobby rude they hadn't added Champer and gagano
0: yeah, it was really the start of that run of every 6 months someone comes and you're like, "Oh my god, they've got this guy." Yeah. And 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 now it's, "Oh my god, they got Kenta. Oh my god, they got Finn Balor. Oh my god, they got Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh my god, they got Adam Cole. Oh my god, they et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think there's been one for NXT for that for quite a while now.
1: It's not what it was. Bless it.
0: Because there is all those guys that would be like, oh my God, they got this guy from the indie scene. They're probably tied down to an AEW contract now. Or they're still at New Japan. You know, now it would have to be like, oh my God, they got Okada.
1: Vince would do that as well. He'd put Okada on NXT. Uh,
0: well, I think their logic was, because that was that was another thing I was saying about this. This is at the point as well where NXT, is it actually developing that much talent at this point? You kind of have it at this point still with someone like Jason Jordan, who took so many times to get it right, and then they got it right with American Alpha, and then Vince splits them up and makes
1: him the um, legitimate son. But it's think... nice because even though it is, there's a very strong British, stroke, Australian, European contingent, and that's more condensed in the takeover in in the takeover crowd than it is at the WrestleMania crowd. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'm assuming these are a lot of the fly-ins. These aren't the locals.
1: Yeah. One of the things that makes, uh, stood out was at the finish of Triple H Roman Reigns when he's being booed and my, like, some of my friends are flipping him off and what have you. And there's like, uh, fuck this shit chant and stuff like that. One of the guys near us, bless him, who quite rightly, like, in some senses, was like, stop swearing, this is a goddamn PG show, I'm here with my kids. I'm like, that's good for you, said this mate. This is a goddamn
0: but... PG show, I'm here with my pissing kids. Yeah. <laughs> But I get that. I do hate chants with swearing because I don't want to be at a show where it's just a bunch of dudes over 18 making a hostile atmosphere. They'll probably go down, you know. I mean, when was the time when the fans were chanting? Was it the roar after this where the fans were chanting you suck Cena or that sort of stuff? Oh, at
1: the Bellas? That one. I can't remember if the Bellas were on that raw.
0: It was a post WrestleMania raw, wasn't it? Crap. Yeah,
1: yeah, you had the Sheraton, you had the travel package chants, the Sheraton chants. <laughs> I remember because when people started tra- shouting, chanting travel package, someone just yelled, Shut up! They'll raise the prices next year!
0: <laughs> Again, it's that thing of so often now fans feel like if we're not chanting, we're not doing our jobs. Especially in the start of a match, they this is like Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Both these guys, I remember being chanted during this match. I mean, were you getting into each of the chants, or were you like picking and choosing? No, did you join in on the fight forever? I did.
1: I was part of that. Yes, I got swept along with this hook, line, and sinker. And they play it so perfectly in the match themselves; like they play up to it. It's weird because obviously you picked a really, really fast-paced match for your like best live experience. This is slower, but the moves mean more. It's like a polar opposite way of wrestling.
0: It's very strong style, actually, when I was re-watching it. It's a lot of mat wrestling. It's a lot of strikes, and it's a lot of submissions. Shinsuke has not gone in-house style yet. And I was thinking, he doesn't throw these many moves, these many strikes or anything anymore. He has his... Come on and his trademark moves and he's just slot them into the match. Yeah. And that's just the way you go. It is crazy now when you think that Nakamura and Zayn later on will be a Zane will be his sort of manager for a while.
1: (sighs) Don't know what they're doing there. And it makes me sad because I'm now at a stage where you talked about how you were pretty much at your apex of your fandom with Ring of Honor when you went to see that live match.
0: I don't think I was at my apex by that point because I had too many other things like real life was impinging on me now at that point. And it's rent and bills and also trying to go and see, more like more go and see films. I think it was more when I was a, a student and there were nothing that I could prioritize. I could make things like Ring of Honor a priority in life that you just can't at this point. <laughs> you got too many bills to pay. Yeah,
1: I I was pretty much I was at my apex of WWE fandom on this weekend or maybe in the year just after. But it comes from more of a social place.
0: Yeah, well, that's never been the thing for me.
1: Again, yeah, it's like, because you mentioned that in the previous episode, um, it's not a social thing for you, uh, wrestling fandom.
0: Well, you was weren't you saying at this point, like, every WWE show you were going to...
1: Or was it a snooker club or no? A, it wasn't a snooker a... club. It was. Uh, it was a um... walkabout. No, not a walkabout. It was. It's a Stonegate-owned pub. It was a screen pub at the time, a very studenty pub. It's since had a refurb and a name change to uh, bring in more families. <laughs> Getting really angry at you, chanting, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it was uh, the manager was into wrestling, so he convinced obviously the, them it was a good idea. The numbers were always strong, except for the summer when. There's no students around, but we're in the golden year, and I live there, and Dan lives in Leicester, and people come over and come down to meet up. It was a social framework for us. The reason I have a lot of my best friends is we met through a common bond of wrestling, and we expanded upon that. A couple of them I know from school, but a professional wrestling built half, at least, of my like friendship ne- like close close friendship network.
0: Do you have to this day?
1: yeah and how
0: many of those friends is it still the share of wrestling or has wrestling gone to the wayside for some of them but you're still friends you know
1: i would say half don't watch wrestling on a regular basis anymore do you watch wrestling on a
0: regular i guess you watch aew don't you yeah
1: i do not watch a wwe program on a regular basis i watch the pay-per-views only at the minute because of the times we're in because you can, you can do it whilst
0: you're working from home. Yeah. Yeah, that was the same. I watched Royal Rumble because I could work from home that day and not even pay attention, just have it on in the background whilst I'm doing yeah. my work instead of a podcast.
1: If and when I go back to an office full-time, I probably won't. Who knows what the future holds there. Does that make you sad? Not really, because even at the time... We said, the joke was the wrestling's the bit we've got to do because we'd make a weekend of it, fun day Sunday. We'd, like, go mini-golf, we'd do, like, different activities, day drinking, like, FIFA tournaments. Wrestling was, like, it it was just that, the framework. We fleshed it all out ourselves. And that's why our friendships became proper friendships, obviously, because we weren't just turning up for a thing and then leaving straight after. We were being friends all, all the time, we, like... We've gone on like trips together and stuff like that. Holidays together. And I'm going to be best man for two of their wedding. To the two people that are getting married, actually. So. They're not getting married to each other, are they? No, no. That would have been cool. Just swapping uh, from side to side. <laughs> I've got two speeches here.
0: <laughs> there must be gay weddings where the best man or maid of honour has been the same person. Not necessarily even job. a gay wedding. A wedding of any but bit. not a maid of honor you know what i mean that's my point well yeah
1: yeah
0: i mean i know they did that rom-com with the the bloke from Grey's anatomy based on that but that must have happened but I mean, it's more like it's happened for a gay wedding than it is for a straight wedding if for no other reason than the bloke or the woman would be suspicious of the maid or oh, best i man. suppose you do get a bit of that so the match it's very not wwe this match as well i think that's
1: why it stands out
0: yeah Another thing that stood out to me was it wasn't like we were saying about all the, the crazy kickouts. I think there's only two close calls in this match for as far as pinfalls go. Uh, whatever Nakamura does to Sami. And at that point, you don't necessarily know what his finisher is. At the...
1: Corey sets the table for that. Yeah, because he says he spoke to Shinsuke's translator. And he says he's got a knee strike called the Kinshasa to look out for. Well, they already knew it was the knee
0: strike, I think. But it, the problem was it was in, in New Japan. It was the A, and that literally means
1: kill them. You can't have that, yeah.
0: Sometimes you're like WWE corporate, but that's
1: like, yeah, fair enough. Don't don't call it. <laughs>
0: don't call your move the kill them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, it was just such a such a beautiful show. I I loved it.
0: Was there anything about being around those fans that put you off it a little bit? Because, like I said, I think that show did start to put me off a little bit. More, it's like I was said so many of the things I love seem to share with a load of assholes, <laughs> like wrestling. Like, well, MMA, football, Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes and no. Yes, because I saw that some people are, like, treating WWE kind of like a religion. And I'm like, that's weird. I never went that far, thankfully. But I'm like, not going to go down that path. Kind of like, as as you were alluding to previously. But I like the chanting. I've been to darts live and... You kind of have to chant there. It's kind of policy. Uh, football chanting. I, I I like getting involved with the crowd with it. But do you ever get where I come from about the whole uniformity and not being able
0: to just be in the moment and just watch it and cheer and react to the action? That's one thing you've got to say about the Briscoes match. There wasn't that much chanting in it, other than maybe this is awesome.
1: Well, I, I see what you're saying about there being a uniformity to chanting, but you get you being swept up in a moment
0: yeah usually the sign that they are swept up is when they stop the chanting or they, they take a break from the chanting and they're just reacting to the match and that's what happens in the second half of this match i think maybe that's also what helps make fight forever stand out because it's the only chant that they say really around that match It's during a lull in there you know they're down after they're both yeah. exchanging blows or something And then they say fight forever. And it's like the first time that's been said. And it's like a spontaneous reaction. It's a sincere reaction. Because some people say this is awesome to fucking anything at that point. But this was like, this is so special. It needs something different. Yeah.
1: Fight forever was what it was. There's more Sammy chance than I remember, which is a factor as well. Because obviously, maybe not. Everyone there did know about Shinsuke,
0: yeah, and it was his farewell as well yeah. it was clearly his final show. And like I was saying, I think Sammy might be the most influential figure into what ring uh, into what NXT became because it was his matches with Cesaro where it was like the best matches happening in WWE right now are happening on their developmental brand, yeah, between Sami Zayn and Cesaro. And again, it was that sign of really as an in-ring wrestler, Sammy didn't need to change any. He wasn't he wasn't going to be improved through a matt bloom class or there was nothing that fucking hugh morris was gonna teach him that was really gonna help all they need to learn there is just the grammar of wrestling to the hard cam and doing the entrance and working with the cameras that was really all they needed to
1: learn yeah but he did also have dusty Rhodes as a teacher
0: (laughs) yeah yeah of course well with with sammy it was a case of let's develop a new character for you without the mask by the way the first time that El Generico makes an entrance in AEW, if that ever happens, the roof will go off the place. <laughs> He's been in Tijuana all these years.
1: <laughs> it's like if Adam Cole turns up, it's like, we killed you.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be a big sign as well. And where NXT has fallen is the rumors that maybe Adam Cole's contract's about to run out and he might move on to AEW. Yeah. And that being now that's where people want to be instead of it being NXT. I that, mean that's another real sign of where this has gone.
1: Yeah. It's it's so sad when you think about it now. This... Cause Yeah, this... when
0: you think of NXT now, what are, what are the problems with NXT now? We've already said that the roster's not as strong as it once was, but there's also the worst excesses of what we've seen with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and that Yelling dialogue in the ring and making sure the camera catches it. Like I was watching an Isaiah Scott match against Leon Ruff match, and it's like you give him a whole fucking monologue in the middle of the match to yell and make sure the camera catches it. Which maybe that will go away a bit once the crowds are back and they're doing it in front of a live audience again.
1: When you asked me earlier what would I like to watch if I could only watch one pay per view, I said AEW, and the reason I said AEW was variety. The lack of variety is one of the biggest problems with NXT and WWE programming in general. So much of it is the same. Yeah.
0: And like I said, this is Shinsuke hasn't been WWE eyes at this point in this match. They're Sami Zayn's wrestling a Shinsuke match in many ways. And tried to sort of, Apparently they didn't even discuss it ahead of time. Which I find a little bit hard to believe, because there are some quite intricate spots in this match. There is that sense of Sami taking what Shinsuke can do and filtering it a little bit for this crowd. But this crowd is up for everything anyway. I don't think we saw this Shinsuke a lot in NXT after this, really. And it was always that thing is, is, is Shinsuke come here to cash checks and go surfing. And that's fine.
1: Kind of, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. more power to him if he can.
1: Oh, I don't blame him though, honestly.
0: He got to win a Royal Rumble. He got to challenge for a World Ties at WrestleMania. He's won several championship belts. He's got one of the best entrance musics in wrestling history and you knew that from this match yeah the opening of him coming out in the silhouette because they don't have footage really they can show in a video so it just says shinsuke nakamura in really
1: cool bold red that's the point for him you don't need footage he has that presence where it's just oh my god it's shinsuke by the way hearing that theme live on its debut slapped Like, the crowd, oh, it's...
0: And the WWE, when they need to, they know how to milk a moment that they won't just go from one entrance music to the next. It was, they gave Sammy his moment, they let the music go, the crowd's already hot, and the crowd is all you're hearing at that point. Then the lights go out, they go to another level, then the music starts. You Give them some time, give the crowd time to get excited. They did the same for cm punk when he was doing the money in the bank and so they know how to do it maybe a year or two after this my mate who was into wrestling but it's never never quite synced in with us so we sort of talk about it on whatsapp now but he's curious about aew just send me texts out of nowhere that will suddenly be about wrestling and he's just like why can't all of wwe be like nxt (laughs) <laughs> it's like, I'd watch it if it was like this.
1: I've, I've had that conversation with people, like friends of mine.
0: I think one of the reasons everyone was so excited about NXT as well at this point was this was like our first sight of a Triple H-led WWE and what it might look like. Yeah. I always called NXT kind of like the oranges of the new black of WWE in that it's that unique product that they're making to keep the people that like the higher brow audience or so like HBO has... Yeah. And it's like the exclusive content that people who just aren't haven't just got Netflix for
1: the movies or The Office. But it's not that now; it's just a third brand.
0: It's still doing stuff better than WWE for the most part, I think. But I do think it has a shallower roster of high quality talents. Yeah, and I do think it's repeating itself. There hasn't been a sense of momentum or excitement, like I said, since AEW came. But this was like the start of that wave. This is really... I don't know if it's the crest. Maybe the crest of the wave is the Tommaso Ciampari and Johnny Gargano.
1: That is the crest.
0: That is probably the crest. Which, unfortunately, was not the crest of that feud either. They then milked it till the point it was nowhere anymore. But this was the start of that, really. That start of that build. Well, actually, no, to be fair, you also had the Sasha Banks-Bailey. And that was a sign of them developing talent. They took... Four raw, no pun intended, talent, and they turned four women into stars and pushed it into a new... I mean, Becky, well, actually, she developed even more in the WWE than she did on NXT. That mm. was the weirdest thing. She was the one of the four horsewomen that didn't win the women's title, and she's the one that ends up winning it all at WrestleMania. She seemed like she was going to be the Ringo. Instead, it was... She's the Beyonce. I don't know. But that's also why that's another thing that's funny, because... Sami Zayn was such a great babyface at this point. He was the best pure babyface in that there's no way you would want to boo him. And everything he does is like classic babyface, oh shucks, yeah. likability. It's not being a badass, it's being someone you like and just being good. And there'd been no one like that since Ricky Steamboat and Ricky Morton, I thought. And then for the WWE with both him and Bailey, who was also like the equivalent of all pure goodness and light. And Vince just didn't get that. But they're great as heels. Uh, But weirdly, for both of them, when they turned heel, then they turn into something completely different. If you're going to make it on the main roster, it needs to be something that Vince gets and makes there. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns on NXT were never The Shield. Yeah. But then they go to WWE. and they, They had it when they came back, but they debuted as The Shield on WWE, not on NXT. I don't even think Roman Reigns was called Roman Reigns at that point. I don't think Dean Ambrose ever actually appeared on NXT.
1: Not prior to his... Yeah, yeah. He
0: did FCW, but I think they always knew he's going to the main roster, so let's not bother putting him on NXT because he's going to be gone sooner or later anyway. Sammy Zayn did well on the main roster, but it wasn't until he turned heel that I think Vince liked him because it was like this is my thing. Yeah, I've helped you create this, and and Sammy said he was just saying, well, what do I do? And Vince said, eh, just sort of do what you were doing before, but just do it a bit bigger. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> and Bailey, I think Vince never quite got Bailey. I'm, you know, we've already said in the past why, but then when he turns her into a Karen, then. They get it, and, and I think that's that's weirdly what it needs to be. Can you name anyone who's been their NXT personality in the WWE that's been given the rocket strap and put in the main events?
1: Finn? At the start? Not really.
0: That was right at the start, again. What
1: happened with Finn is Finn got injured, and I think...
0: And the demon is different. The demon's king is different as well. And they never get that right, but... Bray, Maybe. The Wyatts, Maybe. A little bit, but that was back when it wasn't a big deal what they were doing on NXT.
1: Yeah.
0: Someone coming up from NXT to the the main roster wasn't like the be all and end all, really.
1: No one from this crest has done it apart from Drew, and it's took Drew ages to do it.
0: That was something that was there. Vince had already loved Drew anyway, and they're still repackaging him now with the sword and everything and the kilt. We haven't really talked much about this match.
1: It's one of those I think a lot of people have seen. To be fair.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're going to get a much better way of bringing one new guy in and, and giving one guy a great farewell.
1: But the reason I picked this match is for both me and the product. I think it's a perfect moment in time. Perfect moment for me because obviously I was accomplishing my lifelong dream. Despite losing my bags in Chicago temporarily. we were a little foibles with the trip.
0: So you had to make a stopover in Chicago?
1: No, so I didn't do direct flights. We did Birmingham, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Chicago, Chicago, Dallas. Man, I'm glad I don't fly that much.
0: Is your time in Copenhagen and Chicago, are they just sitting in an airport? It was just sitting in an airport. We didn't get to go out. Um, Then go and get
1: yourself a big Chicago deep-dish pizza. Chicago, as I say, lost our bags. So that's where the in-joke of fuck Chicago comes from, amongst my friends. (laughs) By the time we flew out, direct flights were only 150 quid more and I'd have paid that. But when we booked the flights, they were a lot more expensive. So, yeah, we lost our bags for a day. We got reunited with them. Customer service did sort it out. It was fine. No major dramas. I just had to wear something for two straight days. Half of that in Texas heat.
0: And I thought my fist-hole trousers were bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. But after that, it was fine. The apartment complex had a pool. We we mucked around with that. We played shuffleboard. Were you around wrestling fans in the
0: hotels as well? Oh,
1: yeah. Well, the Sheraton was pretty much seized by WWE for this. That's where all the travel package people were. So it was pretty much all wwe people every bar you went to so
0: what's it like being around that many wrestling fans all the time
1: it's all right actually you suddenly feel like you rule the world yeah you're amongst your people as i say like the, one of the anecdotes was after nxt takeover we ended up in like a craft brewery bar and uh, they had a they had a jukebox so wrestling themes were getting smashed out on the jukebox and then obviously because the english people got to the jukebox as well someone put on um football's Coming Home and we started singing that and then how does a
0: jukebox in Dallas have that? I guess for you know when those Brits come when the English come
1: anyway because it's an internet jukebox it never would have happened like 20-30 years ago and we were singing it and just this Scotsman peeks over the next from the booth just and goes turn that shite off It's like amazing. I, and I just turned to everyone and went, we've flown halfway around the world just to get abused by our neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> but they were class. They'd be they doing it as a joke.
0: That was also where you saw a kid get to cash in money in the bank? No, no, that's... that was at
1: the O2 in London. That's my
0: favourite oh, wrestling okay. moment ever. That's okay. beautiful. I remember the only time I was at a big WWF event. It was just when what was ah. big. And you're 18, and you're awkward anyway. It was just... Yeah. Ugh. That was that was insurrection two thousand and two and I didn't go to another WWE show until the one that we went to that wasn't even last year, was it? That was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Fucking hell. But it was also the last
1: time we could go out, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well that's the last one that's been <laughs> WWE obviously haven't been able tour yeah. this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true, yes, yeah. yes, you're right.
0: The, the, one of the things I would say, I remember reading at the I was like, I can only imagine how many overweight slash middle-aged wrestling fans are just doing their backs in trying to recreate Shinsuke's <laughs> rope pose. Because that is like the crowd lose their minds when he does that for the first time. I think one of the reasons that that works is it feels like the ring is part of Shinsuke's body and the way that he moves around that ring at that point. Like, I think actually the artist was a really good nickname to give him. As well as the king of Strong Style, because he does have like a fluids. This thing is a part of my body, and I can just. And that's kind of the story of the match at the Stars that he's underestimates Sammy, and he sort of is owning him and doing all his flopping his body around and and come on and all that. And uh, and then Sammy hits him with some iron drags, and it's like ah, because you see him nerding out literally with a big goofy grin on his face exactly. while Shinsuke made his, And that was one of the things as well at the time that it seemed like everyone in the NXT roster thought that Shinsuke was just like the coolest guy in the world, <laughs> and they're all copying his poses. And like Bailey and Sasha are making jokes backstage yeah. about them wanting to be his best. When friend.
1: I saw him in the flesh in that pub in Liverpool, when I ran into the NXT roster, which was not long after this, actually, it would have been August 2016, he was ordering his Jameson and soda in the bar. Just he slid the coins across the bar one at a time because obviously English money he's not too sure on it. <laughs> Smooth dancer, he briefly danced with my mate like they, they were walking past each other. He'd come from the toilet and my mate was going in and because the song they were doing that awkward shuffle but they did it to the beat. <laughs> Chad Gable's a lovely man. Met him. He's he was very nice to us because we took a Gable sign to this event and I was I think I was E or G. I was at the end of our like bank of five so I was one of those letters. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. I really appreciate that. I don't know if he actually did or not. Samoa Joe's one of the scariest dudes alive. He psyched my mate out. It was amazing. He was staring at my mate because he obviously has an ex-bouncer. I think he smells like people that might just be a bit annoying. And he psyched out my mate so much, my mate dropped his pint glass. And my other mate who was next to him was like, just walked away and left him to (laughs) it. I'd love to
0: go to an NXT, I'd like, I'd be happier to go to an NXT TakeOver than I would a WWE show. Well, no, that's not entirely true. I'd pick a Royal Rumble, or, well, uh, yeah, I would pick a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble over an NXT show, but... I
1: would do another TakeOver if I cared about the roster,
0: but I don't anymore.
1: I'd need to be in a very good situation
0: financially to be able to do a WrestleMania, unless they came to London. And even then, because it's London,
1: you still need to have at least a few hundred of <laughs> that's just to get on the train (laughs) on my bucket list now is as we've mentioned new japan naew one i'd love to see some lucha in mexico
0: wrestle kingdom actually do that as well now that like all the other promotions will do like all japan will put on a show at the crackle hall on the 3rd of january would you try and do that as well try and see other things around it because like i think the wrestling observer have done a package thing haven't they with dave meltzer this year can you imagine i mean being around nxt fans is one thing being around wrestling observer subscribers with dave meltzer with them look we're the ones that have done a podcast about his five star matches so we're ones to talk but you know The, the package is great but it does
1: feel a little bit constricting sometimes
0: yeah yeah that's the thing the tight you have to go to this and this and this and it's like that's not what a holiday is I think if I was to do it I would have had uh, I think a friend of mine did that where the Wrestlemania at New Orleans they made like two weeks out of it. So they went they went they experienced New Orleans as well and they did. It would have
1: to be the right city as well. Obviously double and nothing will be back at Vegas when the world reopens, so double I think's my priority.
0: Yeah, I really want to go mad. If, like I know I said I'm a very um, you know, very restricted kind of guy and that but I want I would really like at one point in my life to be able to have just for whatever reason like a few thousand pounds that I can just blow. And I would go to Vegas and I would do the hangover stuff, really. I would be like, this is my one time I can do this. I'm going to make it count. This is what Las Vegas exists for. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas don't take kindly to of Towners.
1: <laughs> oh. But yeah, I would recommend to anyone who wants to go to a WrestleMania to do it
0: you'd say do over at least but maybe not like i said hall of fame just i can't be around people just yelling at all yelling at people as they're trying to make a speech yeah that's what drives me crazy about hall of fame just the random background script just shut the fuck up
1: it should never have been open to the public and if there's anything good to come of bret hart being assaulted by an absolute nut job maybe they'll stop opening it to the public. Or at least in that way, where they were like on the same floor level. I met Jack Swagger, actually, uh, now known as Jake Hager. Got a lovely photo of him. Roughed up my mate for cigarettes, jokingly. Uh, he actually grabbed him by the collar and was like, give me your cigarettes, because for some reason... He'd be able to do the classic bully turn you upside down by your ankle. He basically did, <laughs> but he did it jokingly. But And that's another thing as well. You don't realise... Obviously, because WWE love a big, big man. You don't realise how big wrestlers are until you see them, like, in their natural habitat.
0: But anyway, there was a match in there at some point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, it's fine because my... I don't want to sound, again, like corporate, but my match, I think, is more widely known than yours. People know about Nakamura Zane. You know what I mean? It's fine.
0: So, if people want to get in touch with you and maybe ask for some more travel tips and to send you some more information about where exactly the man on the grassy knoll would have been.
1: How can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross, free. Free for the number of times I banged my head against the United Airlines customer service desk when I realised my bags did not get on the plane.
0: My name's Lorcan Mullin, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A-N at the opposite ends of Nakamura is my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook letbox if you put putting at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address you can get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com, lmtyspod is also our Twitter uh, and Facebook handles and if you feel like contributing towards our travel budgets you can do so by going to our Patreon at patreon.com slash lmtyspod there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen
1: and my name's Simon Cross
0: Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a great time. Until the next time.